welcome to Jess and the Guest. Like all low points in life, I created a podcast. But as a high point today, I interview one of the most talented people I know, the beautiful, the talented, incredible Lauren Lapkus. We talk about everything from working with Adam Sandler, working with David Spade, her number one hit movie on Netflix, The Young Missy, Orange is the New Black, Crashing, Jurassic World. I mean, Look, she's done so much, but Lauren and I are equally successful, okay? She's doing all of that, and I am um, quarantining with my family in my sister's childhood bedroom. Yep, equally successful. <laughs> Stay tuned. Oh, God, how are you surviving this year? <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I'm doing okay. I think um, just relatively speaking, I'm fine because I know people who've had it way worse during this time, so... I have that perspective, of course, but um, it's definitely a drag. It sucks. I mean, this is like the worst. I haven't seen anyone in forever. I haven't done anything fun in forever. And uh, yeah. it's depressing. <laughs> that was like the most positive way to say it, though. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How, it's really depressing. Does <laughs> yeah. your dog like, like, like you being home as much as you are? Yes, my dog. Um, she hates going outside in general. She doesn't go for. She hates walks. So yeah, she's really enjoying this time together that we have. Do oh, you have pets? So cute. Yeah, I have two dogs, so they're like oh this is God. their best life. But I'm like, I'm going crazy. Yes. <laughs> I know. I think every dog is going to have social anxiety when we all eventually leave our houses again. Oh yeah. But so I started at UCB New York, and I remember watching you in the Lapcock shows. Like I love Don Finelli and Lar and you were oh, wow. so funny back then. Like Thank you. how how do you play such fearless, committed characters? Like in everything you do, it's so fearless. And I struggle with that. So I'm like, how do you do it? Oh, You're thank so you. Well, when I think back to like when I started doing improv, like so much of what I was doing was all characters because I really didn't want to be myself. Like I didn't know what to bring to the table as myself. <laughs> And so, and I, especially because I started when I was in high school, I started taking classes at Improv Olympic in Chicago. And so that also added to that feeling of like, I don't have anything to add. Everyone's like older and they have more life experience. Yeah. So I always played like characters as a way to get myself to just do improv because it was scary. <laughs> and so over the years, I think that just developed to the point where it was like, my thing is that I do characters. And so I go for them really hard but um it wasn't until I got to UCB in New York that I started learning their style which was a lot of times being close to yourself like people would even call you your own name in the scene which I found like really jarring because I had never yeah. even like talked as myself yeah. on stage so that was really good for me though because it kind of like shook me out of that and allowed me to go like oh you can also like bring your own personality to this and find it helped me like find my voice as a person yeah. on top of the character stuff so yeah yeah but it's just definitely it, it's probably born out of insecurity <laughs> are you finding characters now like in other shows like I texted a Jimmy Fallon directed one of my shows and I Love him. I love him. And I texted him after I watched Claire. The first, and I was like, I feel like this is your character. Like, I just feel like <laughs> characters everywhere. I'm like, do you oh my God. Like, your own characters in other shows or things people you can play? 
Yes. And I mean, I love reality TV so much. It's like a huge influence for me. So I, I mean, I also just think it's entertaining, but I get a lot of character inspiration from those people because I can't believe that people really act like that, especially on TV. So I, that's something that is always inspiring to me. I mean, I love The Bachelor. I love Real Housewives. I yeah. eat that stuff up. And I just love these people because they're a lot of times just so over the top, especially Real Housewives. Like, yeah everything they wear and do and scream at each other is just like unfathomable. So I, I love that. It just kind of makes me feel like any of my insane characters could be real because these people are real and they do this. Yeah. Did I see you in the audience of one of the live shows? Am I crazy? Yeah. For, for the bachelor. Or yeah. Was it that or, or like, watch what happens live? Oh yes. I was on watch what happens. Well, yes. I, well, I've been to both. Okay. Yeah. Not to brag, but <laughs> very jealous of both. Okay. Um, I was, at, I went to a taping of watch what happens live. It's my friend uh, was working on the show and it was the episode where Kim Kardashian was being interviewed. Oh. And so I was very excited to go because yeah. she's fascinating. Oh, yeah. And truly that was like one of the craziest experiences because watching her, she, it was like, I, any, any judgment I could have of her, like faded away. I just felt like in awe of her, in her presence, like she was just so beautiful and so poised. And I was like, this person is fascinating. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I could, I could never like, I don't know. I feel like she always has to look a certain way and I could never, I'm like, Come on. same. Well, that's kind of the dream. It was like looking at her. I'm like, I wish I could look like that, like pulled to just in the sense of being pulled together. Like, I feel like it's like, it's hard enough. I don't do my hair. I don't know what's yeah. going on. So like, I'm like impressed by anyone, but she has a whole team of people who's making it happen. So what are you thinking of the bachelor this season? any crazy oh my god uh Matt I think is a really good bachelor I really like that he has never quote-unquote never seen the show I think that's like really nice because it makes him feel like really real and so all of this all of the moments with the girls I feel like are pretty authentic because he's not doing what he thinks he's supposed to do right now because the show always does this right here however I do think that he's being told to keep Victoria around and I don't like that because he got rid of some like beautiful girls who seemed like really sweet I was like this is nuts like you can't just get rid of these people you haven't even talked to yet oh yeah to keep someone around for the show yep no that was they definitely do that (laughs) but yeah I was like come on like this looks so fake I feel like yeah especially because we we know that he isn't used to like the way the show works so it feels like he's being forced to like it's like his last one goes to her and we're like okay yeah (laughs) Yeah. fine oh my god and did you hear Claire broke up uh Claire and Dale okay so I've been expecting this for months obviously (laughs) like the second the show they left off the show I was like okay well I can't wait for the countdown of when this relationship ends but then she posted today that he posted about their mutual breakup and she was not aware that he was gonna post that and so she's dealing with that and still is committed to the relationship so it's a mess I mean I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. What I can say is they cannot have her back on the franchise. She's done every single iteration. I'm like, we've got it. Yeah, she's done. She's yeah. been engaged multiple times through the show. Like, we're good. <laughs> Insane. Oh, I'm so glad you like it, though. It's like my guilty pleasure still. And I'm like, what am I doing? Same. I love- I'm not even guilty. I'm like, it's just is. It's my pleasure. It's like every week. Let's go. I love you commenting <laughs> on it, too. It's so funny. Like, I rewatch everything you comment. I'm like, yes. Oh, my God. So thank you. Yeah, I definitely have created like a, a weekly unpaid job for myself where I um, <laughs> post Instagram stories of The Bachelor. And I feel like I have to do it, even though like, 
I don't, it's not that I have so many people who are like, I have to see this every week, but there's this feeling in my head of like, I've, I've started this tradition where I will post it and I get enough people who say, I've never seen the show. I only watch it through your stories that I'm like, okay, well, you got to see the rest of the story. I can't like not finish this for you. Like I'm going to do it every week. So that's been fun. When you work with David Spade, I know he's a fan. Did you guys talk about The Bachelor together or? We did. I like, so I, I was, I've done these stories for a long time and he has as well. And so when we got to work together, I mentioned that I liked the show and then we started watching together and it was really fun. It was like kind of a weekly tradition uh, that we would get together with some other cast members and watch the show and do some stories. And it was so funny to watch with him. I mean, he's like the funniest person ever. So it was great. Were you intimidated? (laughs) You work with such incredible people. Like I love the scene where you're yelling at Adam Sandler's kids and the young Miss. But in my head, I was like, you must have been, or I would have been so intimidated yelling at his kids. Like how was, yeah, there's definitely a moment of like, fear with that of like you at he because he's like you know go yell at them harder like say anything like just <laughs> tell them to fuck off and like there's that moment of like okay I'm really gonna do it you know like it's that's what's gonna happen <laughs> so uh, there's a moment of like um a little bit of intimidation and wanting and just wanting to do a good job but um I do think like actually improv has helped so much over the years with just giving me that boost of like, I can just do this and not have to think twice about it. And in situations like that, it really comes in handy because I, I think otherwise I could really judge myself and like pull back and get nervous and, it's just nice to not have that filter. Yeah, it was perfect. How was playing a character with like no boundary or maybe less small boundaries or it was yeah. so good at it. And I was like, how do you do that? Thank you. It was, that was like my favorite thing ever because I truly got to bring so much of what I do with like my characters and improv and sketch and bring that to a movie. I've never really had the opportunity to do that and to go so crazy with it. So it was really exciting to have that chance and, and to get to bring my own personality to the role and my own sense of humor and it felt just very validating to kind of you know just hear that people thought it was funny and enjoyed it and and to feel like oh we had we had a really good time making it and it was just it was truly just balls to the wall so I I was very grateful for that opportunity okay I'm hoping this isn't true but did they use real chum bucket for that one scene I was like, no, yes, it is true. It was very sad. (laughs) (laughs) It was a very sad day. Um, I, I was, we were supposed to use fake fish and then the prop guy pulled me to the side like the day before and he was like just so you know it hasn't arrived yet and so I'm I'm washing this fish with lemon to try to make it smell better and I I was like I thought he was kidding and I was like okay and then he was like no for real like this is it's gonna be real and I was like okay and so that that whole day was really hard because we were shooting on a boat and I get seasick very easily and I had to have real fish thrown on me and they were like digging fish bones out of my hair between takes and it was just honestly repulsive and then I had to like vomit over the side of the boat with cold soup in my mouth so it was just like a series of events of like I'm I was just being put through the ringer that day (laughs) but I was I'm really happy with how it turned out but I was very happy to go back to the hotel that night (laughs) yeah that's intense yeah. All right, Jess and the guest listeners, as someone who is currently quarantining with their family, I've never needed therapy more in my life. I feel like everyone could use that. And luckily there's a place like betterhelp.com. Again, that's betterhelp.com. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And uh, 
Jess and the Guest listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Jess and the Guest. This will help you with everything. It puts you in touch with a licensed counselor within 48 hours, which, dear God, we all need that, <laughs> truly. So again, that's betterhelp.com slash Jess and the Guest, and you'll get 10% off your first month. What, is there anything surprising, like working with David Spade? Like, I've loved him forever, too. I think he's... Same. Yeah. Yeah. He, I think my. I think what was surprising, and maybe not surprising, but what what was really nice about it was that he's just like a really good person and he's he's so kind and warm and like inviting and I think you know you just never know what you're going to get working with a celebrity especially someone you've admired for a long time like it could be that they're really full of themselves or really keep to themselves or just uh, they don't really want to get to know you at all which is totally fair but he was just super open and it really made for a great experience I think that would have been a lot harder working with someone like that in that context like doing comedy and trying to go for it with someone who wasn't really open to that and also he was super supportive of me and like would laugh and like find you know he would he was just really generous with that kind of stuff which really helped because I think you can get so intimidated by somebody like I've, I've really admired him forever and yeah. to feel like oh is he gonna think this is funny like I don't want to be thinking about that while I'm doing this so it was nice to have him just be someone who was like down yeah how did you not break I, the plane scene alone I think I would have broke like I would have just I couldn't do it oh like, my god you- well crazily enough <laughs> like right before that scene we had we heard some really sad news which I don't want to get into oh, but no. we so it was it was kind of crazy we got like sad news right before that and then we had to do that scene <laughs> so it was kind of odd um it, so I think we both had to kind of like disassociate from the situation for a second to just go like we just had to do this ridiculous thing after like crying for a second so oh it was <laughs> oh my God. yeah it, it was it was bizarre so I think like that moment I, I look at that as like, well, we really got through that because that was like a that was a tough moment and like yeah. to do that sort of ridiculous over the top, um, obviously oh absurd scene yeah. while also going like, oh, that was um, very sad. We have to deal with that later. OK, yeah. so, yeah. That? All right. Great. How was, yeah, I love Jackie Sandler in it, too. It was so funny. Like how was working with her? And I've- she's like the sweetest person ever. She's so she's so nice and and just really thoughtful and really fun to be around and I just love her I mean I, I left that experience being like she's just one of the sweetest people in the whole world I, I I like complimented her perfume one day and she like surprised me with a bottle of the perfume and I was like that's the nicest person like oh my God. yeah people don't do that kind of thing you know what I mean like I don't know anyone like that so okay. that was that was really cool yeah, yeah. like only no trash people <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> what was the audition process like like I'm such a bad auditioner that I'm like how do you do it yeah that audition was it was kind of intimidating because I was when I got there there were a bunch of comedy girls that I knew there which is it's always nice to see people you know but you also go like oh they're gonna be better than me or they're gonna get it or whatever so there's that part of your brain that's like trying to just turn off like okay I'm just gonna not get worried about what they're doing um and I really just went in. I truly, when I got the script, I like with the, with the audition pages, I really didn't know how to do it because the character is so over the top that when you read it, I was like, do I have to do a big character? Does it have to be like, does she need to be Southern? Like, what am I supposed supposed to like add something to this to make it like make sense? And I just decided just not to do that and to just perform it like, a weirdo basically (laughs) but it worked but I think like what like leading up to it I was like I don't know if I should audition for this I can't figure out how to say this and then 
I, I just kind of went for it and it worked, but it, that was, so that was kind of unexpected. And then I, the audition was with the director and then a handful of the producers and I just did it once or, you know, did the scenes a couple times and then left and then, um, that was it and I got the part later like a few weeks later so it was cool I definitely I didn't know what to expect and I mean I think just after auditioning for so many years and there are so many jobs you don't get for the most part you don't get any of them so it's like you just get used to assuming nothing will come of every audition because otherwise you'll just spend forever like being like I wonder if I'm gonna get that part and then it's the you see the movie come out and you're like oh I guess I didn't and like that feels bad so it's much easier to just go like I did an audition and then leave and kind of not worry about it too much so I feel like whenever I get a part I'm like pleasantly surprised because I've kind of forgotten that I even did it it's much easier that way it's a great attitude to have with it too and do all that it helps I definitely wasn't like that at the beginning and I would take everything super seriously and worry about auditions so much and then it just, you know, it lowers your self-esteem because a lot of times you don't get the parts. So you're just like, did I get it? And they're like, no. And they're like, you're right. So now I know that if I don't hear anything, I just didn't get it, which is fine. (laughs) My dad, so my brother and I are both comedians, but my parents, you are their favorite comedian by far. (laughs) I was like, you have to ask her if if she took any like interpretation from the Three Stooges or if she was inspired. She was like, you're such a great physical comedian. So like, oh, that's so this. funny. Oh my God. I love that. Well, tell them I say hi. Um, I, I, I've never really watched Three Stooges, but I do love physical comedy and like, like I love Lucy and I watched tons of sitcoms like Laverne and Shirley and all that stuff growing up, which I think definitely influenced me. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many things like that, that I, that, but I think sitcoms were really my, my yeah. thing growing up that I just really a- attached to and like watched over and over again I mean even someone like Urkel like sticks in my mind as like a physical yeah. comedian and like that that is impactful in my brain for some reason <laughs> um but yeah I think so much of so much of it comes from things like that I mean I think Laverne and Shirley is like a total highlight in my oh. mind of just women going crazy and oh. being hilarious yeah were you when you got are you there Chelsea since you love sitcoms did you freak out or like were you really excited about yeah oh my god that was the most exciting thing ever I I had never really worked that much like Mm -hmm. I I had been doing improv for a while and I got a couple commercials right around that time and then booked that pilot which was my first real tv job and it was so intimidating I mean Mm -hmm. I had never done multicam I had never done anything so it was like I I have to memorize all these lines and I I got I would get really nervous about it but then when the show got picked up I mean it was it was so thrilling and I think totally set the bar in the wrong place for myself because (laughs) it was so lucky like looking at that I'm like that just is pure luck like I got that part I got the audition I got the part the show got picked up and we got to do 13 episodes which for me like you know I think it's one of those things that I look back at as I can understand how from like a perspective of someone who was already really established, that would seem like a failure. Like, Oh, we did, we got 13 episodes. We got canceled like half a season. But to me, I had never done anything. So I was like, this is the biggest thing in the world. And I still like look at it that way because it's so rare to get a show picked up. Um, and it's rare to book a pilot. It's rare. All that stuff is like really lucky. So I still think it was really cool. If you're like me, you have no time for breakfast. Trust me, I get it. And finding something healthy can sometimes be really difficult. So use Magic Spoon. It's this great cereal. It is 
low carb, high protein, and Jess and the guest listeners get 10% off. Again, that's 10% off. Use code Jess and the guest at www.magicspoon.com. What was Chelsea Handler like? I'm a fan of hers, but yeah. Yes, yes, I'm a fan too. And I definitely was at the time. And so I was really excited to meet her and she, I had read her books and um, she was super funny. I mean, she was, she was, she's such a strong person. Like she dominates the room, you know, like she comes, especially at that time, like she would come in and like, you know, it's all eyes going in that direction. There's just an energy about her and um, she was really, really nice though. And, and made it really easy. I think it was just, it was very cool. And I, I remember at the time just being like so overwhelmed by all of it because I was getting to work with Laura Prepon and mm-hmm. Chelsea Handler. And then like Incredible. at that time we were shooting next to two and a half men, which Ashton Kutcher was on. And so like, we would go yeah. like hang out with them after in like the what? trailer. It was like, you know, like a big party situation, not like me and Ashton oh, Kutcher yeah. <laughs> chatting, but like, it was very surreal to be like, I'm on a Warner Brothers lot, like with Ashton Kutcher. Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so it was a very exciting time. And I always like would bring friends to the tapings and like everyone, so everyone could experience Aww. it. Cause I just thought this is like the yeah. coolest thing ever. Oh, that's so cool. How was, was uh, Between Two Ferns? Do you were incredible in it? Like, was it really mostly improv? Yes. Yes. So we really had like a very loose um, outline for the scenes every day. Yeah. And, um, I I mean, I had the best time with that because that's my like favorite thing to do is improvise. So to get to do that with Zach Galifianakis and all these other funny improvisers who were cast in the thing as well, it was like, we were just having a great time all the, every day. I, I truly was like, that was one of my favorite experiences ever because we just got to mess around so much and so much of it didn't make it into the movie. I mean, we spent hours every day improvising yeah. just stuff that no one would ever see that's so fun. but that's really fun <laughs> so I know Brian from the Groundlings and he's amazing I was like all of these are such great improvisers like I would love to be a fly on Ryan the oh my god Ryan Gall makes me laugh so much yeah. and and I mean everyone yeah. was fantastic but he's hilarious and so it was really great like the cast was so fun and we just fuck around every day and <laughs> you know were you there and, and, did John Hamm wasn't he one of the cameos or what yes yes he was great he was super funny and I, that was the thing I mean all the people who came in to play with us were like really aware of what the whole thing is yeah. and willing to make a fool of themselves and that was really an, enjoyable like even just we you know Zach would do a full like two-hour interview or hour-long interview with each celebrity where we wouldn't even be a part of it like the other actors but we would just all watch because it was so funny just to watch him like mess around and yeah. make fun of them and see if they would go with it or what they would do and everyone was really cool was John Hamm just as ugly in person as he is on tv you know just hideous he and, was so know. ugly and so everyone was really upset whenever yeah. he would come around and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it was just, it was so well done and so I mean I loved everything about it like was, was it hard improvising with Zach like with his character because I feel like it's such a teamwork it thing it was yeah it was really fun I think my because my character is supposed to be his kind of like right hand man and like um protect him sort of we had a fun dynamic where I was sort of like taking care of him um and he's he's just so absurdly funny I mean there was a scene where we get washed down the hall by like a flood and I could not stop laughing I had to like bite my cheek so hard because he was falling over and over again in the water with the plants like just for many many takes like where I'm like he must be getting hurt like this, he is flopping his body like onto the ground in this pile of like ferns and water and like he's just so funny and that I mean that was like the whole experience for me over and over again I mean he just he goes so 
so hard with everything, which I just love to witness. And it makes me feel like I can like step up my game. Like, oh, I want to like be like this. Like he's just so committed and like doesn't miss a beat and and he doesn't break. Yeah. So oh, look how which, you, you just you say that I was like dying laughing. I'm like, how do you I know and I mean I I I break so much. I it's definitely a problem. <laughs> no, I know it's not directed that movie. Like was it weird? You guys are so great together, you and Scott. Like was it different having him direct you or was it like just really I think it in some sense it was. I mean, we've done so much together with like comedy bang bang over the years and the tour and like we're friends, so we have that dynamic but I mean also there's you know when you go to work and someone's like in charge there's like automatically a hierarchy and there should be because I mean I shouldn't be allowed to just do whatever the fuck I want (laughs) so (laughs) it was definitely like you know it's easy for me to give myself up to that because that's what the roles are in the situation um but I think we definitely had a couple moments where we would go like butt heads a little bit for like a split second mm-hmm. and then I'm just like okay who cares but yeah. you, can't, love, like, you can't help it I know yeah I was like it's common and you've done so many podcasts too I love newcomers like how is all that going I hate Star Wars so I was like oh my god I, okay good I don't know how <laughs> but I'm like thank god someone understand like everyone else loves it and there it's the whole I don't know. It's a whole new world. Yeah. So yeah, we were watching Nicole Byer and I watched all of Star Wars for the first time in the first season. And we watched all of Lord of the Rings for the second season, which we had never seen either thing. And Lord of the Rings was harder, I would say, because we did 20 episodes and there's really not 20 things yeah. to cover. <laughs> like we were what we listened to like a BBC radio hour at one point. And we were like, I think I need to die now. But yeah. the first season was easier because with Star Wars there's so much content. There's yeah. like so many movies. And we watched them all. But like I mean it was it's draining to watch things that you don't feel like watching. Like I know that sounds like it can't it's not that hard, but like to watch you know, I don't know how many movies there are like 10, 15 movies that you don't feel like are your genre. Yeah. And to have to really pay attention is like exhausting. And then to talk about it at length. But we often would find that like once we got to talking about it with a, with someone who was a fan of it, we found that like, oh, I think I did kind of like that. Like, I don't know. Like, it's like kind of when I'm watching by myself, I'm more critical of it. And then when I'm with someone who really likes it, I can see what's cool about it. And so over the course of the Star Wars season, I started to like appreciate Star Wars more. And I, I, I don't I don't hate it. Like I sort of there's some things that I like. Um but Lord of the Rings, I don't, I don't really want to watch again. But oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> like haunts me even just watching. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah. Well, and they're so long. I mean, that's part of the problem too. Is that all of these movies that we had to watch are like over two and a half hours, sometimes three and a half hours. I'm like, that's torture. Yeah. If you don't feel like watching it, like anything is hard. To I'm only on like episode three of The Mandalorian, but like we I hadn't watched it with someone who wants to watch it and I'm like I it's painful <laughs> like it's a great show I know I know and we watched some of that too and we were like oh this is pretty fun and then we were like we will never watch more of it like everyone's like did you finish it we're like no we were <laughs> doing a podcast about it like I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna keep watching it <laughs> I love to wait I heard you're doing zoom workouts like I'm I <laughs> How I have I have done some Zoom workouts, so I I will not I'm I'm not gonna lie I'm not consistent about this and I've only done a handful of them, but they're they can be really good and bad. Like I mean I did one that was really hard and I was like this is almost awkward to like be on camera like doing some. <laughs> 
because I don't want to I mean yeah like I don't want anyone looking at me of course they're not looking at me because everyone's doing the activity so like no one's looking at you but there's this feeling of people looking at you because you're you have a camera on yourself for no reason yeah and then I've done some some that were kind of fun um I did like a Zumba workout and I invited some friends to do it with me and that made it really fun because we could like it felt like we were hanging out a little bit like we're in this big room together like hi but then I think what I don't want to see is myself dancing on camera. So that wasn't ideal. Yeah. <laughs> the Good so workout, yeah. but like, oh, yeah. Oh, yep. there. But have you, yeah. you played so many characters. I love the characters on Netflix. Like, do you have a favorite character you've ever played or you've done so many? Oh, but... I have a few that I really love to do. I mean, I think in my character special, it was really fun because I got to bring to life like a lot of characters I've done on podcasts where I, I'd never gotten to do the whole like hair and makeup for them and everything and so some of them I mean were really exciting like Pamela from Big Bear who's like basically a meth head the voice it was (laughs) it was I love it so much it was really fun because I got to like you know paint my teeth brown and like be kind of crazy and and do just go just go nuts which I love doing so I mean that that's definitely a favorite. I I'm I'm so surprised by that character because it kind of came out of it came out of, of a couple of podcasts and I ended up initially hearing about it. Like I initially got inspired to do it from a YouTube video I saw of like these people at a monster truck rally who were there was a really really drunk woman who talked like a lot like that. And I just got inspired by that voice like what how, oh my god her voice is so intense and then it just became a thing and um and what I really like about that character is that she will say and do anything and doesn't there's there is absolutely no filter. And most of my characters, I think, have no filter in that way. But that one's one where I really can't think or I will yeah. ruin it. Like, it's better to just have it be like whatever comes out. Yeah. I love Wild Horses. I've seen you guys live so many times. How you did the Kennedy Center? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. That was really exciting. So we initially did that um, in like 2014 or something. We. Yeah. Um, we're performing as part of Tig Notaro's Benson Ball, which is like a festival she puts on. And, and one of our members, Stephanie, is married to her. So yeah. we were performing there and we got to perform at the Kennedy Center. And we got to that was like such a great trip. because we got to go to the White House and Obama was there at the time. We didn't meet Obama, but it was a good White House. Yeah. And there was just like yeah. a lot of fun experiences. And um, and then we got invited back uh, last year at the beginning of 2020. We went back to, and did another show there. And it was it was so fun. Um and, and really cool just to be in a place like that where there's, I mean, there's, it's such a, an amazing building and as you know, a great history. And then we come in and we're just like um, saying revolting things. And <laughs> I love it. I love it. Did you guys you know, instantly have chemistry? Cause you guys are all so funny. You all compliment each other so well. Like it's just such a like joy to watch on stage. Like was it always? Oh, it was really lucky. I think because I initially got invited to perform at an all-female comedy festival in Portland um, called All Jane No Dick, and we Amazing. and they asked me if I had an improv group. Yeah, and I I just said yes, but I didn't have a, a female improv team at the time, and so I just invited um, Mary and Aaron and Stephanie because I was like, oh, we'll get a free trip to Portland. We'll just do some shows and like it'll be fun, and we were all friends from like we were in a book club together and we knew each other from UCB just like around but we hadn't really performed together so it was really more just like I think these people will be fun to go to Portland with and then we ended up having a really fun show and now it's now it's like seven years later or something and maybe more I don't even know yeah (laughs) and it's and it's been so great so I we've gotten to know each other of course very well through all these years and 
and the show has evolved so much and we realized over time like we just like talking to each other so we kind of made the show like we're just gonna talk with a guest and like get to know them and talk about whatever we want and share weird stories and then do a little improv at the end so it kind of became like our our ideal format with each other so we can kind of hang out and still perform yeah was it a big change going from new york to la like yes it was i it was i I'm originally from outside of Chicago and so I did like the improv scene there when I moved to New York I had to start over again and that's like one of the hard things about moving in general but starting over in the comedy scene like you have to like take classes again or like you know get to know people and it's it always feels like you're just almost at square one like no one cares that you did this over there and whatever (laughs) like so it's always hard and I, I got to, you know, I made a few close friends during that experience and I was only there for like a year and a half, but then I moved to LA and it was the same thing. I had to start over. I had to take, you know, I auditioned for teams and meet people and yeah. try to like figure out how to become a part of this, the scene because you're, you're just like a random person to everyone. You have to like prove yourself over and over again. Yeah. And so that was challenging. I mean, I think I'm so grateful for the improv community because it made it so that I had at least somewhere to start with making friends in a new city. And I think if I didn't have that, I really have no clue what I would have done. (laughs) So, and I, and it makes me worried about the future with COVID and everything that like these theaters are shutting down because it is such a a way to be social and make friends Uh, like even beyond the performing element. Like it's such a huge social community and I feel sad for that to possibly go away or to change. Like, I just don't know what it's going to be. But like when I moved, I I definitely was lonely. And one of the things that was really helpful was I was on an improv team. So then there were like eight people who were expecting me to be somewhere, you know, at least once or twice a week. And so that yeah. automatically makes you feel like, oh, I have a purpose. I have a place to go, yeah. something to do and cool people to talk to. Yeah. And, um it was definitely helpful for me I know yeah I I did a show at UCB on sunset at on March 10th and I got a run and I was like yes so excited and then March 11th the whole theater like shut down it's like no that's so fucked up (laughs) this is that's not fair that is not fair that's so brutal COVID's killing I I know I know I really have thought about this so much during this time because so many of us that's like our outlet and it's the thing like it just feels crazy to not have that at all and to kind of try to translate it to zoom is a whole another thing I mean I've done some live shows during this time and it's it's just completely different I mean the energy behind it the adrenaline that you would get from an audience the joy the laughter like so much of it is not the same yeah and you have to like use every bit of your internal energy to like make it happen like I I do a two-person show with Paul F. Tompkins on on Zoom, like through Dynasty Typewriter. And we, I mean, it's always fun, but I always feel so exhausted afterwards because I'm putting out like just everything I have to almost do nothing. Like, yeah, it's, it's weird. Like I do less performance-wise than I would do on stage because I'm not being physical. I'm not like getting up and moving around. I'm sitting in a chair, but I'm, I feel more exhausted because I'm like, it takes all my mental energy to just keep it going and you're not playing off of any laughs. Like you have to just kind of guess what's funny. It's so hard. <laughs> I give you it really that. is. Yeah. It's hard. And I think podcasting has helped because I've been used to not getting laughs on podcasts, obviously, because you just record them in a booth and then you release it. Yeah. And so there's this feeling of trusting yourself like, okay, 
I, I can tell if something's working or not without a reaction, but doing a live show and being like, there's a chat, there's like a comment window on it. And so I'm like seeing comments, which I like because I, I find it fun and supportive and it also keeps the show energy like going, like there's people here, you know, but it's not, that's not the same as hearing laughter. Like someone being like, ha ha in a chat window is like very different than like, like acting too. Cause I feel like you're performing and looking and I don't know. It is like, I, I think, I think for my show with Paul, it works because we kind of go to the chat for suggestions. We'll, we'll, we'll ask a question and kind of wait for the responses to come in. Yeah. But with wild horses, we were just talking about how we probably need to not look at the comments because we are just talking with each other and then seeing someone commenting, you know, something is distracting. Like even someone like, you know, we were just doing the show, a a show the other night and someone's like, Oh, Stephanie changed her hair. And it's like, okay, but we don't need to like, Uh, we weren't going to talk about that, you know? So like now we will, but like you're guiding the show in a way that is not like the audience is guiding it in a way that we don't necessarily need them to. So we're going to not do that next time, but We'll do you do like do you set I'm trying to figure out how to set my days like do you set like hour by like I'm gonna write this hour I'm gonna I don't know prepare this because I'm struggling so hard. no no and it is a huge struggle I I'm I'm like the worst with this and I I used to be I think I think in the before times you know yeah. I used to be better at this because I had places to go so it's like okay I know that I have this window of time to do this other thing so I have to do it during this window of time yeah. and now I have endless windows you know and (laughs) so it's very hard for me to stay on task and I I and just being at home all the time there's other things I want to do whether it's just watch tv or lay down or look at my phone for hours and hours and hours which I am doing a lot of it's it's very hard to go like and now I'm gonna write a pilot like it's just it's honestly wild to even consider (laughs) so (laughs) I'm like I have achieved certain things during this time and it's only because of I would say like for example I took a screenwriting class for 10 weeks um, with Tim Neenan who's a UCB guy who you might know but he's he's fantastic he's the teacher and I took it with Mary Holland and and there were other people that I knew in the class and it was all on zoom and that was 10 weeks and I really liked that because it was every Saturday I had a thing I was going to do I was going to see the same people and I had a goal throughout the week to write whatever assignment we had. And that was really productive. Like I, at the end of that, Mary and I had a rough draft and I was like, this is amazing. Like I've never, like, I don't know how I ever would have gotten that done otherwise. And we had been meeting before the class, before we decided to take the class, we had been meeting pretty regularly on zoom, trying to write something, but we would just talk for like a full hour about nothing first. And then we'd be like, okay, we have like 30 minutes left. Let's like see if we can. And it just was like, this will never get done this way. So it was really helpful to have a class structure. And I kind of need that. And it's the same with working out. Like I have dropped the ball on all that's all of my like good habits I had because I can't do them in the way I like to, like, I like to go to classes. It makes me feel accountable, especially if I pay in advance. It's a huge thing for me. I'm like, okay, I paid $20. I'm not going to ditch this. So that's like that's a huge motivator and not having that is really hard for me and I even just like trying to get myself to like get sunshine is I know, challenging I know. <laughs> with my dogs like they don't like walking either so I'm like guys let's go they're like yeah my dog hates this it's like if I had a dog that wanted to go for a walk and I had to like that might be helpful but she doesn't like it, which in general is probably better because I don't want to do it either. But it would be nice if I had that, like, you know, 
pull myself up from the bootstraps and like make something happen kind of vibe. But I have this feeling of like, I really want this time to pass and I really want (laughs) to go back to going places. And part of me just feels like, oh, I just want to wait till that's possible to like do anything. I, I know logically that it'd be really great to use this time to like get a bunch of projects going. But it also, you know, the reminder over and over again that there's a pandemic and like it's horrifying it's it's a lot it's a lot to expect yourself to like also do a zany character or something at this it feels so much better because I was like it has been so hard for me I'm like this I'm gonna write I'm gonna do it I'm like I can't do anything it's so hard I truly think it's so hard and I even with like my podcasts like I feel really exhausted by doing my regular stuff like it it's your body and brain are just processing everything in a different way and I I do feel like we have to give ourselves a bit of a break but there are those people who are like I sold a movie and you're like okay I don't know I guess it is possible and so that makes it feel a little bit worse but I I just trying to allow myself to not be too hard on myself with this because it's it's not normal. Yeah. This is not like a regular occurrence in our lives where you have to stay home for a year and not see anyone and not have anything normal happen to you. So it's I really thought it was just going to be like a month at most. I was not expecting. Like, no, <laughs> no. And now I'm like, it could be a whole nother year. Like, you know, there's just, yeah. we start to hear things and you just don't know what to expect. And it's, it's probably better just to not expect anything, but but it's hard. It's hard for sure. <laughs> I'm so glad it's not just me because everyone else I know is like, oh, I'm writing this. and I'm doing this. I'm like, I'm just trying to survive right now. I know. And I mean, it, it's so hard. I even even with like things I had going earlier in the pandemic time, like I was working on a project mm-hmm. and then I have this guilt of like, I should finish it. I just need to do yeah. something. And I just... I'm like, no, I was in a different mindset at that point than I am now. Like I was able to do that then for some reason, or I thought this might end, or I was more excited about working or something. And now as as we're approaching like a full year, I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) Like I'm just done. Like, what do you want? Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for doing this though. Like you're one of my comedy heroes. You're so funny. You're so fearless. Thank you. that's so nice yeah you and Mary writing a script sounds perfect to me it's like I can't wait to it was very fun we need to and that's the thing I'm like now I have to I have to get back to work on that so like at least I have someone else that's also helpful to me is when I'm working with someone else and there's a feeling of yeah like accountability it's my main my main motivator I think is just okay Mary's gonna think I'm a slacker (laughs) like I like if only for Mary's sake I'll continue yeah thank you so much for doing this you're incredible thank you I can't wait to see more of what your work and everything so Thank you. Same to you. I'm excited. Thank you so much. You're amazing. Thank you again for everything. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Jess and the guest. Please like, subscribe. You know the drill. All right. Tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode. And thank you again.